3: The head of the head of a Thursday.
2: And we've only got one day left of uh, basically this work week. Uh, You might be like me. Maybe you work six days a a week. But, uh, you know, tomorrow's Friday, and that's always a good thing. And uh, it's good to have you with us this morning. A big thing happened yesterday late, and uh, Republicans reached 218 in the House, so they now do have uh, control of the House And uh, we'll uh, chair the committees and uh, move Democrats out of those chairs. And some of those, uh, you know, oversight committees are going to be stopped that are, you know, digging into um, a bunch of stuff that probably adds up to a hill of beans. Uh, I was watching McCarthy last night. I stayed up a little later than I normally do. And uh, he did an interview with Hannity last night, and I sat up and watched that. And he did say that there will be a couple of investigations uh, from the Republican side. Uh, they will be looking at Hunter Biden. They will be looking to see what kind of connection Hunter Biden has to the uh, the president, uh, and uh, you know, did he use the president's office? Uh, for financial gain if he did and they can prove it uh, that's going to mean uh, bad times for Hunter and bad times for the president and then lastly be uh, they'll be looking at uh, some of the things that were going on during the times that the democrats controlled the house over the last uh four years you know the the russia 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 thing uh there's going to be a a much more deeper look into what was going on uh with the uh, the democrats with that hillary clinton things of that nature and then last but not least uh they will look at uh you know january 6th and uh bring forth uh, some information uh, that uh, was suppressed, what a big surprise, uh, by uh, the uh, the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats, the reason it was a partisan committee is because uh, that's exactly what uh, Pelosi wanted. You know, she wanted a witch hunt. She wanted a star chamber. She wanted a kangaroo court. And that's what, they, what we got. And the only thing you heard were uh, the people that were going to follow their narrative. So now in the House, the Republicans have subpoena power, and they'll be calling people before the committees uh, to uh, testify. It will be interesting to see if they call Pelosi. Because there's questions about what the speaker did and didn't do uh, to protect the Capitol uh, on uh, January sixth. There's always there's a big story. Was yesterday there were twenty, twenty FBI agents that had in, in, uh, infiltrated some different uh, organizations. Uh, you know, um, out there, and uh, we're checking, uh, and you know, the proud boys and things of that nature. And there were fifteen inside the Capitol when everything went south. So there's information that you've not been getting, and we shall see what we shall see, because now maybe we'll get all the truth out. I mean, look, we've talked to. And we talk every Wednesday with, uh, basically, Congressman uh, uh, Hill and Congressman Westerman and Congressman Hill. And he took a lot of grief for it, uh, agreed with a January 6th committee if, if, and this is the big if, and nobody ever said this uh, uh, when they were castigating Hill about this, he said he would go along to find out what went down on January 6th if it was a bipartisan committee, that both sides had subpoena power, both sides got to question witnesses, both sides got to call witnesses, and Pelosi didn't let it happen, and uh, at that point, uh, Congressman Hill pulled his support from that committee. And, uh, you know, I think we all want to know what went down we all think we know a lot of people think we know but i'm telling you we don't know there's a lot out there that we don't know right now look i didn't know that there were fbi agents in the capitol on uh, january uh the 6th and they were taking an active part in what was going on inside and it wasn't for the protection of the capitol I mean, it was very interesting yesterday on CNN and and on MSNBC and watching Fox and seeing how everybody was trying to spin this. Well, the only way you can spin it with me is that the FBI was doing things they shouldn't have been doing. And if they had people that were inside these organizations – Uh, You know, the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and all the rest of them. How come they didn't have a clue what was supposedly going to happen on the 6th? Something tells me that they probably did. And somebody didn't do things that they should have done. So we'll be talking, uh, seeing that uh, talked about now that the uh, Republicans have the... uh, control of the house uh, they will now have some committees looking at that because that's the, that is the main uh, you know responsibility of the house is oversight they're supposed to keep watch over what's the executive doing what's happening uh, in the Supreme Court what's happening over in the in in the uh, the Senate and uh, you know figure out, what they need to be doing as well. So, I think there's like six seats that are still outstanding. Now you got to ask, is there any reason why somebody would not sit and look at our election process and not think that there's something wrong with it when it takes this long to tabulate the vote. The longer it takes, the longer the count, the better chance of cheating. That's just the bottom line. That is the bottom line. So when I have friends that say, hey, it's all, you know, it's, it's a mess, it's all corrupt, I can't blame them for feeling that way. Because I have to tell you, I look at Arizona... And I scratch my head and go, hmm, when I look at, you know, somewhere like Maricopa County, where 30% of your machines were malfunctioning. How does that happen? Especially when you had the debacle that you had two years ago. Just saying, just saying, not saying that there's cheating going on. Uh, but I'm saying this. I can understand why people feel that way because it sure gives the smell of it. I don't, and I, I think we've probably stepped in it. And usually, when you step in it, and when you smell it, you can pretty well know that it's what you thought was happening was happening. Um, if I was Carrie Lake, I'd be asking for a recount, and I'd be asking for a forensic uh, uh, look. At all of the, uh, the votes, to know that the votes that were cast were true votes, and uh, that's the way that it uh, it should be uh, that it should have been counted. I'm not sure. I really I'm, I am not. I you, you can't tell me that uh, it was a it was a true vote when all the machines are breaking down and things of that nature. All right, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, they want you to come by. They want you to see what they got in their display cases. Eric Coleman wants to talk to you about estate jewelry. If you have some, what do you want to do with it? I mean, you can do several different things. You can uh, you know, find out what it's worth, and uh, Eric can tell you if he wants to buy it and give you some cash for it. You can say, hey, what I'd like to do, I, you know, how much is it worth, and then can I use the money that I'm you're giving me for the estate jewelry? Maybe you give me a few extra dollars, and I can buy some jewelry out of the cases. Or you could talk to him about a unique creation. Maybe you don't want to get rid of that beautiful, you know, Pear shaped diamond that was in your grandmother's wedding ring. And so you decide to talk to uh, Eric, and he can melt down the gold, and he can refashion, and uh, he can uh, create a brand new ring for you made out of uh, your grandmother's wedding ring, which would give it some extra, you know, uh, pop as far as what it means to you. Well you could do all of those things. That's just one one of the areas that Eric Coleman uh, it, it excels at. He's located at 3000 Cavanaugh, Suite E. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Uh, you can give him a call, by the way, 501-246-3655. No, he's got 40 years of experience. He's been doing repairs for a lot of the big jewelry stores for years here in the Little Rock area. And he'll clean your jewelry as well and keep it looking absolutely fantastic. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry back with you dave Ellswick show 20 minutes after six on a thursday pretty nippy out there this morning it was about 22 degrees when i left cabot uh, by the by the time i got to uh, little rock uh it it had already gotten up to uh 34 degrees big difference between all that concrete that those buildings are made out of and all those streets giving off heat and uh, you don't have that up in Cabot. At least I didn't notice all the big skyscrapers around Cabot. Hadn't seen them. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, about 21 degrees and even colder in, up in the upper elevations of uh, Arkansas today. Looking for a high in the low 50s today. So it'll be a nice afternoon for the fall. Uh, we haven't made winter yet. That doesn't happen till December 21st, which will be... You know, the first day of winter and the shortest day of the year uh, that, uh, that's starting up um, at that point. So keep that in mind. So we still got a lot of cold weather ahead of us. Uh, spring is still several months away. And uh, I'm sure that we have some ice and some snow to look forward to uh, before it's all said and done uh, over the next uh, few months. So uh, 218 is where the Republicans sit now in the House. They have control of the uh, of the House, and that's all you need. 218, 218, you control it. You control the committees. You control just about everything that can go on. You control the purse strings uh, that's going on. And uh, that's a big win for the Republican Party, who's been out of power for several years now. We went out of power in the first term of the uh, Trump uh, presidency, and, and that's normal. You know what's normal is to lose seats in your first election uh, as a as a president uh, in the in the midterm, and then uh, you start trying to build up to be ready to go at it again uh, two years later, as far as the House concerns. Uh, today, people be all eyes. Um, you know, as far as the press is concerned, and as far as par, uh, far as a lot of uh, the folks out there like you and me who pay attention to politics to be watching. Uh, what is Nancy Pelosi going to do? Is she going to continue or is she going to say, yeah you know, send me to Italy, or is she going to say, I'd rather spend time with my husband recuperating and I'll just stay at home in San Francisco? I mean, she's been in the in the Congress. Are you ready for this? She's been in the Congress for 35 years. 35 years. So that's something to, uh, to keep in mind as well. So 218, there's still... Uh, Seats that are basically out there, haven't been uh, finished counting on them. Uh, Most of those races are out in California. Big surprise. California. Uh, It seems like to me in California, your, your vote can be counted up to a week after Election Day. So think about that for a moment that's that's just silliness um, so just keep that in mind there's still there's still some seats uh that uh, the Republicans pick can pick up I think there's maybe three perhaps even four uh that they can still win, which would give them about the same majority as what Pelosi had over the last two years of a uh, of five people and she did a lot. With those five people You can do a lot with that You pass a lot of bills If everybody Stay on the same page See that's what the Republicans tend uh, not to do Uh, They they fight Over that kind of stuff They fight And instead of uh, trying to find Common ground If they uh, don't get it their way uh, Then they basically say It's the highway And as far as I'm concerned, that's not the best way uh, to to run your party. Uh, you've got to be able to say, hey, I get 99 percent of this and I'll vote for it. But I won't vote for it because I didn't get this other one percent. I, I just don't think that that's the way uh, that uh, you run uh, things up in, in Washington or in business or in your own life, in fact. You know, you, you go for what you can get, and if you can't get it all, that's just the way it is, you know. Uh, Rolling Stones were right. You can't always get what you want, but if you try real hard, you just might find you get what you need. you got to gotta do that kind of stuff. And, uh, I mean, Reagan, of all the presidents that I have lived under, Reagan understood that more than, I think, any other Republican. And that's why he got so much done. Is because he did understand that. So it's uh, it's, it's just something that you know they, they, we all have to come to grips with. There will be some compromise uh, along the way. Now you don't give up your principles. That that's what you can't do. You can't give up your principles. There might be some things that you got to have one hundred percent, or you can't you can't move on. You know, I understand that. But uh, for the most part, for the most part, uh, it's not that way. Look, what's dead right now is codifying uh, Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade now is on the ash heap of history, at least for two years, and maybe for more than that. Uh, We need to to win the, uh, uh, of course, the... uh, Senate back, and we also need uh, we need to be able to uh, be able to uh, control uh, the House, and we, we need to win the, the presidency. I mean, we've got some big battles still in front of us, and uh, we need to keep that in mind. New Gingrich had a very good uh, a very good uh, article yesterday. And he went back to 1964, and said that the Republicans set, historically, saying kind of what was going on in uh, in 64. Now in 64, let's remember who ran for president on the Republican side. Goldwater did, and he beat out who? Does anybody remember? Yeah, Nelson Rockefeller. That's who he who, who he beat out. Uh, And uh, not any relation, I mean, relations to the Rockefellers here in Arkansas, but politically not even close. Very liberal uh, uh, Republicans. And uh, Goldwater was able to win it. But the party, the party was split right down the middle of being conservative and being progressive. And what happened? We got our clock cleaned by Lyndon Baines Johnson. Now, Johnson was probably going to win, to be honest, because Kennedy had been assassinated. Johnson had been sworn in. So now you had an election. where the people willing to vote in another man as president than Johnson so you would have had the third president in two years? Probably not. Probably not. So uh, people went for Johnson, and he was uh, elected president. However, because the uh, progressive part of the Republican Party hated Goldwater, they didn't turn out. So it was a shellacking. I mean, we were destroyed. You know how many seats we had in the House when it was all said and done at, at that election? One forty. It was disastrous. We'll talk more about it when we come back on a Thursday here on the Dave Elswick Show. So when we took our break, I was talking about 1964. And I know there's probably some of you driving in your car right now saying, why do we care about 1964? Because if you don't learn from history, you will repeat it. And right now, I hope that we've learned some about history uh, and that we'll understand 64 and 20, uh, you know, 22 to 2024 uh, has a lot in common with 1964. That's when Goldwater ran for president under the Republican ticket. There had been a very, very uh, ugly primary And uh, Goldwater had uh, won uh, over uh, Rockefeller, who was, um, you know, up there and he's governor of New York. He was a progressive uh, Republican. I mean, he'd be he'd be hardcore conservative now, to be honest. But he was a a progressive then. And, uh, of course, uh, Rockefeller you know, was a big-time conservative, believed in the military, believed that you use military strength when necessary, and a lot of people didn't like him for it. And because of that, there was a schism, a very wide schism in the party in 64, and the the right, uh, the side, the left side of the Republican Party, the more progressive side, stayed home for the uh, election. And Goldwater got trounced. And so did. Uh, and, and it went down the ticket. Uh, it happened to uh, you know candidates for Congress. It happened to candidates in state legislatures, governor's races, all kinds of stuff. And... Uh, after that election, the Republicans were probably at their weakest that they had ever been. They were a decimated party. I told you they had 142 members uh, in the uh, the House at the time. Not enough to do anything. They were lucky they even had a key to the restroom, to be honest with you. So uh, where was, where was the other fight going on at? Well, it was between the conservatives and the progressives. What's going on right now? Uh, McCarthy, you might not agree with everything that he has uh, you know, wanted to do. Uh, and, and now, if you're not pure, if you're not 100 percent behind, if you don't even belong to what people think are the groups that you should belong to uh, in the House or in the Senate, you're thought of as a rhino. I don't buy that. I look at voting records. Uh, If if you've been voting against Republican principles and Republican platform principles, then you can start calling somebody a rhino when they give up on their principles. But not because they don't join a party you think they should join. Absolutely not. There may be reasons for that. That you don't even have a, a good idea why. They are, or they aren't. So, that's where the Republican Party was. Do you know the next time that the Republicans had control of the House after 1964? Well, if you said 1994, 30 years later, you're correct. That's when Newt Gingrich... And the rest of them, with contract with America, won back the house. Do you remember how crazy it was and how elated they were that they won the house? Well, they were elated because for thirty years they they were just the, the floor mats in uh, in Congress. That's all they were. They didn't even have to show up to be honest. Because nobody wanted to know what they thought anyway, and you go through uh, go through the years, you go through the decades there, through the sixties, the seventies, and uh, you know into the eighties, and you figure out how tough it was uh, up there in Congress for uh, for uh, uh, conservative ideas. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. So it's important that we remember history. And I love the people in the Freedom Caucus. I really do. I probably align with them more than I do with uh, you know the rest of the people that are serving up there in, on the Hill. However, they cannot, they cannot play spoiler all the time. That will be... We'll be back at 1964 again. We'll be back in 1964, and we do not, I repeat, we do not want to be there. So do a little history. Read a little bit about history. Understand what happened uh, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and why you weren't hearing that much at times from the Republicans. It's because they never were in power they never had any control of the legislative branch of government that's a big big deal in fact they only had control of the uh, uh, presidency a couple of times during that time johnson you know he he quit and then you had uh, you had to run for um uh, uh, presidency, and you get uh, what we had, Nixon come in, Nixon held on for a while, then uh, we had Watergate, Ford held on for a while, then we started losing left and right, and uh, we were having some real serious problems. And a lot of those problems where the seeds were planted has brought us to some of the thought processes that we're seeing in our government right now. Drew Hernandez, who's a reporter, broke a story yesterday about Chuck Schumer who called for a path to citizenship for 11 million plus illegals in the USA. And let me just tell you, that's exactly why the southern border has been wide open since Joe Biden was uh, made president. That's exactly why. You know, give, give them a, an easy path to citizenship. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Now, I'm going to tell you that the Republicans have, uh, you know, some Republicans have missed the boat on this. And, uh, you know, they want to keep their seat wherever they're at, and they find this to be a, a difficult subject for them to vote, you know, for tough immigration policies if they want to stay in uh, to the uh, uh, the House or the Senate. But if you got the numbers where you have maybe a, a supermajority, which we have not and haven't had, uh, the, the problem is sometimes you're going to have to take a bullet you've got to vote what's best for the country and not what's best for your career and that makes it tough and that's how we're going to find out who are the real people who believe in this country or the real people who believe in holding their office alright we got to get our break in Let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll come back and we'll finish up. There's other things that are going on uh, here in our country. Uh, Elon Musk says, hey, look, I, I think that I'll step down here pretty soon and let somebody else that I hire run Twitter. i got other things that i got to get done. So uh, maybe you who are just absolutely freaking out about you know Elon Musk being uh, the owner of Twitter uh, will be able to get some sleep. Well, by the way, wait, may, maybe I shouldn't say anything about them. They said that they were going to leave Twitter, so uh, they probably can't hear. us. kind of like the people who said, well, if uh, Trump is a elected president, I'm moving out of our country. They, I would have been happy if they moved out of the country. But you know what? They didn't move out of the country. They didn't intend to move out of the country. It's hyperbole, that's all it was. Hey, don't forget about P.I. Roofing. Uh, PI Roofing is the best company you can use to take care of your roof. Uh, They are par excellence. They are fantastic. I've used them twice. Friends have used them. Uh, Business owners that I know have used them, and I have not heard a bad word about them. They take care. Good care of you As they put the roof on They take good care of your roof And uh, you know It's under warranty and things of that nature And they watch over it f- uh, For you Something goes bad you call them They come out and fix it no, no charge to you Because it's under warranty Well now they want you to know They've taken those same kinds Of thoughts uh, For their company The same kind of beliefs and they've made themselves PI roofing and home solutions, and the home solutions is construction. If you need some things fixed around your house, if maybe uh, you know, I when I had uh, our uh, nonprofit together, Arkansans Cares, uh, we put in a lot of floors and a lot of roofs on homes, and uh, I saw you know. Houses that had floors that had holes in them, and you could look right down into the crawl space. And we fixed them. Uh, now we took care of that. We worked on it. We went and cut the lumber and and wielded the hammers and all of that. Uh, but for a lot of you, you're looking for somebody to do that work, and it's hard to find them uh, because uh, the big construction companies don't want to you know mess around with a a small Uh, kind of job like that. So uh, they say, no, I don't do that. You have to find somebody else. And then you're out asking your friends, do you know a carpenter? Do you know somebody can do this? A plumber or whatever. Uh, And, uh, you know, that that do the work around my house. Well, as far as construction goes now, you can call PI Roofing. They have a whole division now. And it is uh, sitting there ready to help you that have the you know type of things that need to be fixed that big construction companies don't want to do they'll do it. Uh I'm going to use them this spring. I've already had them come out to my house, look at my my deck. They're going to repair it for me and uh I'll be back to be able to use it. But I you know, I got to get it fixed first. I uh, got some uh, lumber that uh, got bad and I got holes in my deck, all right? They got to be fixed. And you know, I can't call one of the big construction companies. They're gonna they're gonna laugh me out of the off the phone. So uh, I'll be having PI Roofing do it. I I believe they'll do a great job because they did a great job twice on my roof. So uh, you know, stick with the people who can do the work for you and do it to the best. And that's PI Roofing. PI Roofing, you can call them at 501-707-3115, or you can visit them online at com. So I don't know if you have been following this story about Hillary Clinton and uh, her groups and how they have been putting a lot of pressure on Twitter. And uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, dark money group, uh, has been uh, sending letters to Elon Musk and to advertisers and asking the advertisers to pull their advertising uh from uh Elon Musk Twitter and uh, we have seen uh you know some car companies drop off and and other big big bunny groups that have been using Twitter uh for advertising for a long time uh this is accountable tech that's the name of the group it's spearheaded a uh, a letter to top Twitter advertisers, <coughs> excuse me, as part of a larger pressure campaign demanding non-negotiable uh, requirements for their business, saying that Musk takeover will further, quote, toxify the social media giant and directly threaten public safety. I love that toxify comment. I mean, if you were a conservative, you were toxic. You'd get knocked off of Twitter in a heartbeat or on Facebook, be put in Facebook jail. I mean, now people say I'm in Facebook jail and carry it like a badge because if you're a conservative, you know that they're going to take away uh, your ability to be on uh, on the, uh, the social media site because it's basically uh, conservatives that are getting whacked with it. Quoting from the letter again, Twitter has outsized influence in shaping both public discourse and industry-wide platform governance standards. While the company is hardly a poster child for healthy social media, it has taken welcome steps in recent years to mitigate systemic risks and ratcheted up pressure on the likes of Facebook and YouTube to uh, follow suit. Uh, Musk seems to intend to steamroll those safeguards and provide a megaphone to extremists who traffic in disinformation, hate, and harassment. Now, who decides whether it's disinformation? Nobody ever wants to talk about that. And who talks about if it's hate? I'll tell you what, there's people that they say it's hate speech uh, that somebody says something. And you know what I say? I don't think so. I've heard worse and harassment under the guise of, quote, free speech. His vision will silence and endanger marginalized communities and tear at the fraying fabric of democracy. It's unclear what companies received. Accountable text letter, which is also signed by 25 other liberal groups, including Media Matters and the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, who, as... You know, screwed people out of their money, said that they were they're taking care of people and they're making sure everybody is going to get a free shake. And we we believe in equity. Yeah, they believe in equity in their wallet. Uh, They own a lot of those people now own, uh, you know, all kinds of mansions and things that uh, nobody else could own. On November 1st, dozens of left-wing groups co-signed a letter calling on advertisers to embrace content moderation or boycott. The platform, then, according to Business Insider. Accountable Tech is not a standalone organization. Instead, it's a fiscally sponsored project of the North Fund, a nonprofit incubator closely tied to a billion dollar dark money network managed by the Arbella Advisors consulting firm, Washington, D.C. Business Records Show. It's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, a lot of people in Washington getting awful quiet about this guy that lost all his money in the Bitcoin business, the cyber currency, finding out that he'd given millions upon millions upon even billions of dollars uh, to the Democrats. Uh, Pelosi is going to address her political future after uh, the Dems lost control of the House Nobody knows exactly what she's saying. She says she's overwhelmed by the reactions she has received from her colleagues since it was announced that Democrats will lose the majority in the House of Representatives. Pelosi has been overwhelmed by calls from colleagues, friends, and supporters," said uh, deputy chief of her deputy chief of staff hours after the 218th race was called for uh, Republicans. So. Uh, I guess we'll find out later today uh where she's going to be uh, as far as that what's she going to do? Do I really care? no I don't just wanted to go away basically and I will be tuned in on the third of January so that I can watch her uh, uh, give up the gavel and hand it off uh, to the Republicans when the Republicans take uh, control Now, keep your eyes on the Democrats because we're in the lame duck session and they're going to be doing things that uh, are very, very questionable, uh, probably. And so we'll keep an eye on that. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll keep bringing it out to you as uh, that's going on. Final, I've got about 30 seconds here. Your Thanksgiving is going to cost you more. Uh, Farm Bureau is uh, reporting that the centerpiece on most Thanksgiving tables is the turkey. And it's going to cost a whole lot more than last year at uh, $28.96 for a 16-pound bird on average. That's $1.81 a pound. That's up 21% from last year uh, due to a lot of factors beyond just general inflation. And uh, you remember there were times if you bought $40 worth of uh, food at a grocery store, they gave you a free turkey. That wasn't that far uh, back, in fact. All right. Out of time. We got Joe. Joe's going to join us, I know, uh, to talk about cars. I don't know who else might be here. I think Duck won't be here because he's still out doing some deer hunting. Uh, So uh, we'll be talking to Joe at least, maybe some other folks as they come in. How... Which is better, an electric vehicle or, uh, you know, an internal combustion engine vehicle? Which one will give you the best, you know, work? We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. with you. It's a Dave Velswick Show. And uh, as you know, when I have uh, Joe and Duck on, uh, we try to stay up on uh, the uh, news of the day dealing with automobiles. Because if you're going to work, if you want to go anywhere, you got to have an automobile. But now you got to figure out what kind of automobile you want. Do you want to... You know, an an ICE automobile, that's an internal combustion engine, by the way, yep. or do you want an EV, that's an electrical vehicle, or do you want a hybrid? I mean, there's, you've got some choices now, and uh, which is the best choice to make? Well, I, I heard an article came out by Consumer Reports, and I've I've got that in front of me. Uh, And uh, EVs offer big savings over traditional gas-powered cars, okay? When it comes to buying an electric vehicle, many consumers might like the idea, but they sometimes balk at the purchase price because EVs are more expensive than ICEs. However, new research from Consumer Reports shows that when total ownership cost is considered, including such factors as the purchase price, fueling costs, maintenance expenses, EVs come out ahead, especially in more affordable segments. The uh, savings advantage can be compelling in the first few years and continues to improve the longer you own the electric vehicle. Our study shows that fuel savings alone can be about $4,700 or more over the first seven years. Now, that's something that you got to you know, take into consideration. However, mm-hmm. then there's there's a downside of this. All right. So, how much does cold affect an electric vehicle's driving range? I've got an article on that there, uh, Joe. Here, mm-hmm. pulled it up. This was just written a week ago. Uh, this one from Consumer Reports as well, and it says here: Should you be concerned about Extreme temperatures when you have an EV. And here's what they had to say. The main reasons driving range goes down in cold weather is the impact on battery chemistry when parked in the drain in order to maintain battery temperature and supply cabin heat. Cold temperatures can reduce an unplugged EV's range by up to 25%. Mm Mm-hmm. That according to testing by the Norwegian Automobile Federation and recharging takes longer than in warm weather. Running the heater, seat heaters, defroster, and other accessories that can combat the cold weather inside the car will also sap the range. Sure. So there you got 20% just because it was sitting outside. Mm-hmm. Now you start turning... I don't know. I typically turn my heat on when it's 21 degrees when I come out to, absolutely to go to, to to work and uh, I've got some seat heaters so I turn that on on my side and uh that means I would get maybe maybe I'm going to lose 30% of my range. Yes. So, will I be able to get to Little Rock and back again without plugging up? I don't know. I'm haven't done that kind of computation, but there's a lot of gives and takes there that have to be considered.
4: Yes, there are. You know, Dave, uh, the choice between an EV vehicle and an internal combustion engine and a hybrid, and, and I'm going to just point blank tell you, in my opinion, if, if you're looking to get good fuel economy, now Toyota Prius has been out for a long time. Yes, it has been. All right. Now, a lot of other manufacturers went to hybrids and basically there are there are good vehicles and i'm going to tell you the pluses to it okay it's a gasoline engine but it doesn't run on gas all the time but it's got all the gas the ice engine attributes to it it's got cooling in it so you got a heater that comes on when the coolant gets warm yada 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 it doesn't drain on the batteries and 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 Actually, you know, the little bit of fuel you would have to buy for that, if you drive those vehicles right, you'll get 50 miles to the gallon. Wow. 60. That's amazing. Somewhere like that, yeah. So if you take that and say, all right, well, if I live 40 miles, like from Cabot to here, 40 miles, if you could come to work on one gallon of gas, go home on one gallon of gas, that ain't bad, is it? Yeah, you save money. You betcha. A lot of money. Yeah. But but there's there's something here that's underlying that nobody's really even considered or thought about. If you stop producing, if you make all EV vehicles, stop making gasoline, guess what you've stopped making? What's a byproduct of gasoline, Dave? Diesel fuel.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. So if you don't make gas, if you lower the amount of gas you uh, refine, aren't you lowering the amount of diesel fuel you refine? Well, I would think so. What about all these trucks? Never have already said we have a low reserve on diesel fuel right now.
2: Well, they, I'm sure for they're the I think that they're saying they're going to be electric vehicles, too. But if you're pulling that much weight, you better have something that can go a long way, because if it can't, oh. it's it's not worth
4: having. I understand. But you, I, you can't make that transformation that fast. So
2: um, I understand that, too. Yeah. It just, you know, the White no House doesn't understand that. No, they the don't. Democrats don't understand that. Or maybe they do. They just don't talk about it.
4: Well, there's some underlying reason why they're pushing this. I'm sure, you know. Yeah, but I don't because they're buying stock. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, you're very probably very uh, very accurate on that. Which which is going to benefit them financially the most? That's the way they want to go.
2: I would think that that would be the case. I mean, I understand we want cleaner energy, and our gasoline has gotten to be cleaner energy that we're using. The gasoline you use today, if uh, you're in your 50s, is far and away much improved over what you used when you were 16.
4: Absolutely. When, when, When gasoline had lead in it, the combustion engine, internal combustion engine, there were some parts in it that when they went from leaded fuel to unleaded fuel, they had to change which would be hardened seats and hardened valves because without the lead in there, the lead was a cushion for the valve when the valve slapped closed. So they had to come up with a way to combat that cushion not being there because it would beat the valve seats and the, and the, and cause valve problems very quickly in a combustion engine if it was designed to be run with a leaded fuel then go to an unleaded fuel. Okay. So they had to change a lot of that and the way it's designed and built. And those fuels burn cleaner plus today's world, we have fuel management systems that are constantly monitoring the fuel management. And if it's not right, it'll throw a light on and It'll tell you, hey, you need to take it in. There's got a problem here. Instead of riding around with it running too rich all the time and burning too much fuel, that doesn't happen very often anymore. It does, but for short periods of time because the car telling you to take it in and get it looked at.
2: And that lead-it fuel, you know, destroyed your engine pretty quickly. I mean, uh, back in the day, back when I was 16 years old and driving a, a, a big-engined uh, charger, uh, that engine maybe lasts 100,000 miles. I'm driving car now. It's got over 300,000 miles on it.
4: Well, there's, a three, there's three contributing factors to that. The reason an engine today will run that far that many miles one is the fuel systems we have you know like i've told you before a carbureted engine was like a tea pitcher up there pouring gas in it Uh a throttle body injected engine was like a glass of tea pouring gas in your engine and a fuel injected engine and even a direct injected engine today is like having a little squirt bottle up there going squirting fuel in the engine right And our fuel systems burn so much cleaner, so you don't have as much fuel inundation into the oil, breaks the oil down, causes the engine to wear. And the third big reason is because engine RPMs have been lowered, which means in in 1972, 75-mile-an-hour on a freeway, you'd be in high gear. That's one-to-one ratio, okay? Okay. You'd be tacking somewhere around 3,000 RPMs. Now? No. In today's world, you'd be tacking somewhere around 16 to 17 to 1,800. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that right there makes your engine last three times as long because to travel one mile at 3,000 RPMs, you can travel the same mile at 1,800 RPMs. That's just about a 50% reduction in RPMs.
2: Yeah, bring bring that into uh, a little easier. Let's, take, let's talk about your heart okay okay if it if it has to beat three thousand times in a day Mm -hmm. it probably beats more than that but three thousand times in a day uh it will wear out quicker than if it's only beating 1600 times a day
4: that's correct same thing with a combustion engine
2: so you're going to last longer Mm -hmm. and so is your engine that's right It's it's just the way it works as far as that's concerned. Look, I have nothing again. I kind of like electric vehicles, because when you step on the accelerator, all the power is there
4: like that. Yes, sir. Instantaneously, they have a, they have a very, they have, you know, it's high torque. It's the same torque sitting still as it is, when it's going forty miles an hour, it's it's all out and it gives you a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, and 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 that's cool. I like I like uh-huh. that whole idea, and I like the idea that uh, you know it uh, it doesn't dump stuff into the air. But we're not ready for everybody to drive an EV yet. No, and I don't even think the EVs are ready yet. I don't. To think be honest with you.
4: Uh, it's, they're, they're still making a lot of strides in the type of batteries and, and battery design and all that to make them lighter and more durable and, and faster charging and lasting longer, going further. They're, they're, all that's still in the up in the air. They ain't got that perfected yet.
2: You know what else is up in the air? The electric grid to be able to charge them.
4: Well, you can't, you know, if you, everybody went home plugged in, you wouldn't have any lights. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're we're not ready for that and we can't make any more uh generating plants, you know. They've they're about stopped nuclear and what are we gonna run? What just just a bunch of windmills everywhere?
2: That's basically what they keep kind of alluding to, but it's not possible. Our energy about seventy two percent of it is made by natural gas. Mm-hmm. They're talking about getting rid of natural gas, all carbon fuels, Mm -hmm. and and being able to just do it on windmills, hydropower, you know, water, uh, doing it on uh, sunlight.
4: It – the scientists will tell you that is not feasible. Uh, It's not. You're going to have areas where – it don't generate as much, and the wind and uh, the storms, and they're going to be tore up and have to fix them, and it's going to be a big issues.
2: Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. If you take a uh, internal combustion engine car into Joe's garage, uh, about uh, about three days for a major repair. That's what what they're saying. All right. If you take an EV car in, expect six and a half days. Mm-hmm. to get that fixed a hybrid is in between the two but uh evs take longer to fix
4: well they're different to work on i you know there's a lot of things on them that are identical you know it's a little difference but the brakes the suspension the tires uh, alignments uh you know as far as the heat and air systems they're different but they're kind of similar they still have blowers on them uh you know seat heaters are the same windshield defrosters are the same electric ones you know it's it's a lot of similarities but there are some differences in them with a hybrid you see a little bit of each of those you know Uh, and i i really believe hybrid in my opinion if i was thinking about buying a ev vehicle i would look real hard at what's available on the hybrid line and
2: that's what I agree opinion. with right that. Right
4: now, that's what I would do. You know, but if your if your battery, I mean, you know, those cars, most of those, you don't have to plug in, Dave. They generate enough electricity, to charge their own batteries up just by the uh, the charging, the uh, the way the vehicle is designed and set up, and the engine running, it charges, and you know, it, it it just seemed to me like right now with the world we have, that would be the way to go if you want to help the environment and not burn as much gas and save some fuel. Money. That's the bridge. Yeah.
2: You gotta have bridges along the way to me to be able to make the moves that you need to make to go all the way to yes, something. I agree. All right. That's enough on that. We'll come back. We'll actually have some car questions to deal with here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Just some just some things for you to think about today as you're driving in uh to work. So Dave Ellswick Show, Joe's here. Joe's garage. If you got a question about a car you might have, or maybe you wanna talk about this whole electric vehicle, internal combustion vehicle, hybrid kind of cars, and you got questions you can call in at five o one eight two three oh nine six five, and we'll be happy. Uh, to talk about it hey bumper to bumper uh, who su- uh, supports this show and then of course the car and truck doctors that happens on every saturday uh, are the group they've been around for a long time you said when you were out in vegas we could go uh that they had a big presence there as well
4: oh absolutely there was like 3,000 uh 3,500 uh shop owners there and technicians and all that so it was it was a good convention day very good and apex was awesome SEMA was awesome can't walk SEMA for two days even if you wanted to you couldn't see it on if you walked it eight hours a day <laughs> that's how a, big
2: it is just everybody was there huh no
4: everybody was there if you could think of somebody in the automotive industry or somebody that built a car they were there all right were were they talking
2: about Chips and things of that nature and when they figured the chips would be back up to normal and all of that, was there any of that being talked about?
4: Well they're already coming back. They've got a bunch of them out. You know, there's not as near as bag of backlogging cars and trucks now and the ones that were sold that didn't have the certain chips in them that needed a different programming to make it work though they're they're getting the manufacturers are starting to get those back in get that took care of but it's going it's not going to be remedied real quick because there's so many of them out there so it's going to take a little while but as far as manufacturing that's that's going back up so
2: what's going to be tough is uh, you go out to these car dealers who spent premium dollars for used cars and soon you're going to have new cars that are back on the lots what are these uh, these uh, you know dealerships going to do with all these used cars they got?
4: Well, they'll find something to do with them. I'm sure <laughs> they're going <laughs> to sell them now. Whether or not they make money or lose money, that's 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 going to be on them.
2: So right. you know. So the thing about bumper to bumper you know if you're trying to keep your car running for a long time make sure you go to a bumper to bumper service, you know service center um, so that they can put bumper to bumper parts in 2 year 24000 mile warranty 3 year 36000 mile warranty if you use their credit and then they got a whole lot of other things going on too they got towing kind of deals that you can get involved with and just just talk to the people at the uh, the the um uh, bumper-to-bumper certified service centers and they'll tell you about all the things that bumper-to-bumper can do for you all right it's dave ellswick show let's get a break in and then we'll come back with joe here on uh, the answer back with you dave ellswick show joe's over in north little rock hey joe how are you you got a story about an electric car for you we got about three minutes go
1: hey joe all right how's it going? Uh, I just wanted to share with you, I just recently went to a flight school in Cameron, Texas, and uh, it's a small town, small school, and one of the participants at the school drove over there from Fayetteville in a, uh, t- in a Tesla car. And he tried plugging the car into the city's power. The city came over, saw his car, said, no, you can't do that. So he tried plugging it into some of the hangar cars at the airport, said, no, you can't do that. Tried plugging in at the hotel, no, you can't do that. So he had nowhere he could go to charge his car.
2: Really? Did they? Why were they not allowing to use one of those other charging places, did they say?
1: Well, they have no charging stations in that town. The, the infrastructure's not there. Oh.
3: And
1: nobody, and he, he even offered to pay for what it would cost to charge his car, and nobody would let him do it because they didn't want to pay for it.
2: Oh, well, wow. So there, there you go. Electric charge for me, but not for thee.
4: Wow, that's right. So he had to go to another town to get it charged up to get it home. Is that what happened?
1: Yeah, he uh, he uh, he actually got towed to Waco.
4: Really? Huh. <laughs> oh my! Ah, this was a Tesla.
1: And this was a Tesla, yes, sir. Did they
4: help him with that? Did the, the ranger come out and tow it, or who? What What happened uh, there?
1: I don't. Uh, I, I don't know those details. I just know that he had to get towed.
2: Amazing! Wow. All right. That. That Man, we appreciate new, the story. Thank you. New tech, yeah. new technology, you know, you get, you got to expect that that's kind of stuff that's going to happen with new technology. Yep. Got to put up with it. Now, I've talked to Mark Johnson, State Senator Mark yep. Johnson. He he's owns a one. Tesla, yeah. and uh, he's not had any problems. He, he tells them where he's going if he's going on a trip, and they map it out for him, and they tell him where he can charge at. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I understand that they do all of that. I, Elon Musk has some answers, but wow, you end up in a small town outside of Waco, Texas. You might run into some problems, say the least.
4: Yeah, that's just You know, stories like that. I think you're going to hear more of them as it goes on, because like you know, we were talking earlier, Dave, our our grid and our access to charging stations and all that is not is not very good right now. It's not set up. No. It's
2: not set up. The
4: president doesn't
2: want to, when he's asked that question, he defers it off. He yeah. starts talking about other stuff at that point.
4: Well, sure. He ain't got an answer.
2: Yeah. It would be nice if he just looked at the camera and said, you know, I don't have the answer for that. We're working on it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. I can accept that, but don't try to force me to buy an electric car if you're still working on it. Yeah.
4: I agree why i said you know earlier i think the hybrid's the way to go right now
2: all right we're going to talk further when we come back in fact we'll talk about an ice that's internal combustion engine a 2000 dodge ram 3500 when we return here on the dave ellswick show with uh, joe from joe's garage so we heard an interesting story about electric car and how not having some place to be able to charge it can be a real problem And what's bad is they had charging stations, but they wouldn't let the guy use them because they were paying for the electricity, not him. There wasn't a little credit card thing or whatever, or for a debit card or whatever, so he could pay for the charge.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm not quite. You know, if if I had a <clears throat> EV vehicle, David. And I did take a trip. I I would darn sure have it mapped out to where all the charging stations are. Well, you got to yeah.
2: right now. You know, it's just a, and 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 I'm going to be honest. Tesla's got all that information for sure. you. You just got to. It's like, do you remember if you had AAA, you, got, you had those triptychs that you get? Remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always got one for my. My my trips, and they always had, they came in a little booklet, and when you get close to a city or whatever, there would be more pages involved and stuff, sure. so they could get you through it, so you understood where you were going and things of that nature. Uh, give me a millennial today, and I'll give them a map and see if they can even read it.
4: Nah. Well, <laughs> GPS changed all that. You
2: better believe it changed it all. It definitely did all of that. All right, so let's let's take a phone. Uh, we'll take phone calls at five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. You got a car problem? You got a car question? You want to talk? You want to pipe in on? this uh, internal combustion engine, uh, hybrid, uh, you know, EV uh, discussion we have going on, feel free to do that. Uh, The phone lines are open right now. If you call, we got some open lines. You can get right on in. Mike, though, sent us a question. Uh, This 2000 Dodge Ram 3500 uh, van, eight-cylinder, 5.9-liter engine, he says my ignition to start causes click under hood power goes out and it's driving me in all caps wild. I'm trying hard to be calm. My roomie bought this old RV on this chassis and it has an aftermarket alarm made by god knows who and she turned it on just messing with the I assume valet button after several decades of being off apparently. She then drove it home It sat overnight and was dead as a doornail the next morning. I charged up the battery, entered the cab to multiple firings of the alarm. I thought I got it to disable only to find it cutting out the power to the entire vehicle or so I think now. I tried everything to disable this alarm, pulling inline fuses, etc., I get the alarm to come back on with a green light, and if I turn the key to start, the whole thing dies again. I do hear a click under the hood when I turn the key before the power gets cut. If I turn the key to start and hold the valet button, it seems to turn off the alarm, but still no uh, joy on the start. Any help?
4: Well, the first thing he needs to do is disable the alarm, which when I say disable it, I mean remove it if it's aftermarket. You just take it off because, (coughs) excuse me, in today's world, aftermarket products, we don't have any wiring schematics or any ways to diagnose or test what's wrong with it. But I'm going to tell you, it sounds to me like he has a connection problem, Dave. On the battery, the one-click, it tries to start. He said it was dead completely when it came out. So, But low voltage will make the, the aftermarket alarm not work right because it's designed, if somebody tries to steal the battery out of it, and the low voltage, the alarm's going to go off. It's going to do these things, disable it. So if you have low voltage, you're going to have issues with that. I would make sure the positive and negative cable are very clean and tight and as well as the connection at the starter where the positive cable goes down. Same thing with the ground where it goes to the engine if you hit that key and you have a bad connection the minute you amplify a load to it it'll disengage the connection the one click is the starter starting to engage and then stops and being that all the power goes out all the lights go out on the dash it, it's it's not got enough voltage to operate like it should so all right so battery cable connection get rid of it and possibly a new battery. All right. That, and yeah. disable that alarm. When I say disable, I mean take it off, remove it.
1: All
2: right. Keep that in mind. All right. Because it, interesting, we got to look here. It was uh, she bought uh, this old RV on this chassis. It's an aftermarket alarm made by God knows who. And she turned it on just messing with the, I assume, valet button after several decades of it being off. Well, I don't see how it could be several decades because,
4: it in 2000. Yeah, well, it's 2022, so.
2: Yeah, it should be two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, Morgan has a 2012 Chevy Silverado. It's a 1500 LT, eight-cylinder, 4.8-liter engine in it. The low beams aren't working, but the high beams are fine. I sw- swapped the bulbs. The sockets, the pigtails, and the fuses, and nothing has changed. Haven't changed the relays yet. The boat my ground strap is attached to is rusty as hell, but all other electronics seem to work fine. In-vehicle voltage meter always says between 13 and 15 volts. Suggestions on maybe diagnostic procedures or repair most appreciated.
4: Well, he's checked the fuses, and, and you know, on, on this year model vehicle, you have a fuse for a headlight left and right high beam, left and right low beam. So if, if if he turns those on and there's no voltage flowing across those, he needs to be back looking at the switch, the headlight switch or the dimmer switch, most likely the dimmer switch. Okay. Because it's on the uh, turn signal alarm, and that's what they call a multifunction switch. It's the headlights, it's the turn signals. The bright, it does a lot of different things right there, okay, as far as dimming and brightening the lights, as well as uh controlling the voltage that flows through there on low beam or high beam. So I would be looking in that area right there, Dave. All right. I think he'll find his problem there.
2: Easy fix or not?
4: Uh, it's not that hard. Now, the switch is kind of pricey because those multifunction switches, they do more than one thing. But if you have a problem with one side of it, you're going to have to replace the whole switch. and. And the cost of the switch is probably going to be more than double to what it takes to install it.
2: All right. Next question is one sentence. All right. Says, uh, Mark says you has got 2006 Saab, 9.3 linear, four-cylinder, two-liter. Why does my car come out of fifth gear when I step on the gas?
4: Well, I can just about tell him. It's got too much in play in the transmission when he torques it up like that. That pulls back on it, and it's gonna it's gonna jump out of fifth gear. Okay, and, that's pretty. And, and generally, the the uh, standard transmission way is designed and built the detent for that slider for that gear. now oh. is uh, not that much. But if you take the main shaft and you move it in and out a little bit, it's going to jump out. Especially if it jumps out when you ex- hit the accelerator, or you just back off the accelerator and come to a coast, because that slack's going to move back and forth and 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 it'll jump out of fifth gear the older models that do that in fourth gear pretty good fifth gear generally is a high gear some of them today are seven speed transmissions but when you get in that high range if there's any slack in there from bearing wear or from just the uh, synchronizers wore a little bit the detents wore a little bit or the fork wore down where it doesn't actually push the slider over all the way and lock it in gear good can cause it to do that so it's going to be an internal transmission problem
2: All right. We got a call in from Marty in Hot Springs Village. Hey, Marty, how are you? Hi, guys. Hi, Marty.
3: I uh, thought we should mention this while we're talking about the electric today. Uh, I got my re- registration notice here for plates, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it looks like the state wants some uh, money back if you're doing the right thing and driving an electric, mm-hmm. right? There's three prices here. If you drive a hybrid, they want an additional 50 a year. And if you have a plug-in hybrid, it's an additional 100 a year. And if you have an all-electric, they want an additional 200 bucks. a a year.
2: Well, you've got to fill in that pothole right at the end of your driveway, you
4: know.
3: Right, right. And I would bet those amounts will go up a little bit every year.
4: Oh, well, I'm sure but they will.
3: something to think about, you know. Yep. I mean, you know, if we're talking about saving money and trying to do the right thing here. And, yeah. Of course, Washington, I haven't heard them
2: talk about that at all. No, of course not. So. Yeah, right. I mean, they're not so going to because it, it, it's all bluebirds and blue skies with them. <laughs> That's
3: right. So just, you know, that yearly thing comes up enough. I'm looking at mine right now, and, you know, something to think about. You drive that car a long time, them numbers are going to add up. So,
4: What kind so of I, uh, hybrid without, or EV do you own?
3: I don't. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) A few years back. Okay. No, 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 I'm not jumping. I did have a Prius, though, a few years back, and it was a very good car. Yes,
4: sir, they are. What kind of fuel economy did you get on the Prius? I'm just curious.
3: I don't know, 40s. I yeah. didn't even bother to check it. Yeah. I was happy. You yeah. Know, yeah. I was used to driving,
2: so it was a good car. Yes, sir. All right. It wasn't. Thank you, okay, Marty. Guys. We appreciate Take it. Care. Have a good day today. Yes, sir. Uh, by the way, I got a text from a listener. Hey, in the small town of Cabot at the community center, they have a charging station. Evidently, the taxpayers are paying for that, Correct. I'm assuming. I'm going to just take a guess and say if it got put in, I would say probably if it was by the government, yes. The yeah. taxpayers are paying for anybody who comes up and charges their car.
4: And I'm assuming they're going to get some kind of uh, every time it's used, they get a percentage of it for putting in that station. I think one of those charge states, about four or
2: $5,000. Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. Now, it could bend that the Biden administration sent them the money to do it.
4: Well, could be. Because
2: they've been, you know, that's that part of that infrastructure bill, Mm -hmm. which really should have just been called the Green New Deal uh, deal instead of uh, uh, an infrastructure bill. Because it was all that. All right, got to get a break in. Let me do that, and then we'll come back and finish up But Joe, It's gone fast today. Yes, sir. Always does when we're talking about interesting stuff, and uh, interesting stuff today here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Remember what Marty said. You get an electric uh, vehicle, you're going to get uh, and a little extra charge there, maybe a couple hundred bucks, because they've got to keep the roads fixed, and they and you're not using any gas. So they're not getting any tax off of you, so they got to charge you something to use your electric vehicle. I think they passed that law two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Might be wrong. I'll get, I'll call some of my friends and find out. Don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, if it's your uh, internal combustion engine, your hybrid engine or your uh, electric vehicle and it breaks down and you're on the side of the road, uh, East End Towing can take care of you. Uh, they know all the situations you can get in. I mean, they know that you could be you know, pulling a, uh, a fishing boat and its uh, a, a bearing on your trailer goes bad, so you don't want to leave your trailer on the side of the road. So they got to get that and pull it up on the bed of a truck or whatever. What do they do with it? Well, East End Towing is going to talk to you. They'll take it where you want them to take it to be to be fixed. Uh, maybe you're pulling your camper. Something goes wrong with the camper. Or uh, you might have one of those campers that you drive around, and you pull your car behind it, and it goes bad. They can handle it as well. They've got the uh, equipment to tow your vehicle. That's East End Towing. You call them. They'll take care of you. They handle all the situations. 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. Here we are back on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got about seven minutes left. You've got seven minutes to call in. We've got clean phone lines right now. So if you call right now, uh, Heidi, answer the phone, and she'll get you set up, and you can talk to uh, Joe. Duck is not here. He's out, You know, He's out at the deer stand. He's, he's probably hunting. he's probably sitting up in the deer stand right now. Well, he might be getting ready to head back in, yeah, because you know, it's going on eight o'clock. But anyway, you have some breakfast or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hadn't seen any pictures yet, so I don't know if he hasn't, he has, or he has not gotten anything.
4: I'm sure we'll get pictures when he gets. I'm back.
2: sure we will. And uh, I got a picture yesterday, I think it was, of. Uh, our Secretary of State got himself looked like a six point. Oh, that's it was good. a big a big crack on it. It it just had six points, but man, the thing was wide, mm-hmm. really wide. It'd be a nice mount. Yep, I hope he's going to mount it. I'm sure he will. Yeah, as far as that, that that's one of those unique ones that you might want to have hanging on the wall. I got one hanging on my wall. Cool. You know, because I had I got that eight point, yep. and uh, it looked good. It was a nice eight point too real compact rack i like the looks of it yes i i do deer hunting at times don't get to do it very often but when i do i go out and i'm tough about it well good i hunt it man but i don't hunt it like some people do some people they start going out to the deer stands and stuff Weeks in advance, and uh, they're out there checking where the paths are that the deer are going sure. where where's the scrapes at, where they're urinating at, and all of that all right that's a big thing, and they get out and till up the ground and plant the plants that they know the deer like to eat, sure you know, like sorghum. Mm -hmm. Deer like sorghum. They got sweet tooth, too. Yeah. And uh, do their things. I saw a picture the other day, and I I just shuddered when I saw it. It was a deer that, man, he was being eaten alive by, you know, ticks. Mm -hmm. I mean, big old places on his body where those ticks were out. And I'm going, you know, I see that. I wouldn't even shoot that deer. Except maybe to put him out of his mercy, but uh, put him out, you know, out of his misery. misery. Uh, and but uh, because I'm going to tell you what, uh, I don't know if I want to eat a bunch of meat that no. ticks have been you know sucking on the deer. I think I'd pass on that. All right, how about one more call, one sure. more uh, question here. All right, absolutely. 2001 Ford F150 a Lariat, eight cylinder, 5.4 liter. Why would driver's side – oh, this is one we get all the time. Why would driver's side floor be soaked? My uh, 2001 Ford F-150 4x4 5.4 motor is overheating, and the driver's side floorboard is soaked, but I can't find where the
4: coolant is leaking from. Well, that's coming from the heater core. You know, generally you'll see them, they'll leak out the uh, – The floor vents, which are located in the middle of the vehicle right around the hump. And uh, if they leak, depending on whether you're making a left turn or right turn, when that cavity gets full in there, that that coolant's going to leak out of there. So if he's got it inside the vehicle coolant leak, it's definitely a heater core issue. Okay.
2: All right. And then last question, Michael. It's got a 2007 Dodge Ram. 1500 SLT, 8-cylinder, 4.7 liter. I'm not exactly understanding this. It says, how can I install a fog light hole cover? I tried installing the fog light hole cover uh, on the front bumper, but it seems to not fit in place after I tried fitting it into place.
4: Well, I, I several times. I don't know if he's got the right cover or not. I'd have yeah. to look at it. But <laughs> but some of them you have to take them out and put the cover on, then put the assembly back in there. So he may be trying to just put the. The cover on, but sometimes the the, the, the case that the fog glide is encased in, sometimes you have to take that off from the backside, put the cover on, then put it back in. So. All right. Or he's either got the wrong one, or he's just not doing it properly, Dave.
2: All right. Well, next Thursday, we'll take the day off. Okay. It is Thanksgiving. Yep. And uh, I will not be here, nor will I be here Friday or Monday, just so everybody knows. But the bottom line is that, uh, can I come out to your house this Saturday for Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. You can? But you have you have your Thanksgiving a, yeah. a, a week ahead.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
2: We had talked about that. I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. You and your wife be welcome to come, Dave. All right. Anyway, if I want some extra turkey this year, I know where to go.
4: We're going to have turkey breasts. Oh, you're doing turkey breasts. Smoking turkey breasts. Ooh, you're smoking them there. Yes, I have uh, four turkey breasts, about 18 pounds worth. Oh. Yeah, and uh, we have a big get-together with some old friends of mine, their whole family, our whole family, and in-laws, and everybody shows up. And uh, if you and your wife would like to come, you're very welcome. It All starts right. about 3 o'clock.
2: Wow. Yeah, uh, I talked to Linda about there that. There you go. <laughs> Had to talk to. It. We're we're having it this year at my son's house. So I just got to make the green bean casserole, the sweet potatoes, and then I'm I'm going to make a chocolate éclair cake. Really? Yeah. So
4: all right, sounds good.
2: I'm a I'm a I'm a baker and a cooker. I love to do that. So I'll bring my 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 food with me, and uh, we're going to have the whole family. I have one child that can't make it. But uh, that's just that's just life. That's just yeah. the way it happens. Thanks for coming in, Joe. I'll see you Thank in a you couple know. of weeks, and we'll do this all again. And maybe we'll have
4: duck here. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd be back.
2: All right. It's the Dave Ellswick show. I got to take an hour off, and then I'll come back with you at nine. And Jimmy Cavanaugh will be on with me. What about the mayor showing up in front of the uh, the judge yesterday? Did he really have to do that? Uh, you might be surprised. We'll talk about it. That's at nine o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick show. Let's move into the final hour. Dave Ellswick Show for a Thursday. And uh, tomorrow, uh, Robert's going to be on. and We'll be having uh, Colonel uh, Conrad Reynolds in. Going to talk about elections with him. And uh, also, uh, uh, who, who else have we got in? I got Jake coming in uh, with Steve, and they'll be talking about, uh, you know, not letting the, the holidays put pack a bunch of pounds on you. We'll talk about that, too. Stay in shape. Keep your health up. We'll talk about all that. And I know a lot of you are already firing up because the new year is coming, and your new year's resolution is going to be I'm going to lose 20 pounds and get in shape. Uh, It takes more than a week to do that, just so you'll know. So we'll be talking about all of that tomorrow as well. But right now, I've got the man on. He is here. Jimmy Cavan is here, and he's ready to talk to us, and we're ready to talk about – uh, a story that's been hanging out uh, since election day uh, about uh, the the uh, uh, mayor going up in front of the judge and answering questions, but. Well, it was anticlimactic, was it not?
0: Very anticlimactic. I mean, it was t- it was just like a flat tire. Yeah.
2: So what happened?
0: You explain to us. Well, basically, what happened is Matt Campbell, uh, Blue Hog Report, and if everybody remembers, had filed a lawsuit uh, against Frank Scott in the city for not providing information he requested an FOI request, and the judge ordered. Uh, Frank, there were a lot of documents, in the, uh to Think Rubix and Litfest, and the judge ordered, you know, uh, the city and Mayor Scott to provide that to him, and they did. They had it, they, they had they were providing information according to what the judge allowed, but they didn't get everything. The documents from Think Rubix, which fall under FOIA, right? Okay, and so. Right about election, Matt filed with the judge that he hadn't got that and to have – asked the judge to have Frank Scott come to court, get on the stand, and show cause why he should not be held in contempt court. And I knew this was going to happen at, after the election, so we get in, in – uh, so – well, we mentioned it. We talked about sure. it on the air. Sure. And what happened is the day bef- uh the day before the city board held a meeting their their regular meeting, and what had happened is Matt had decided to settle, so he worked out a settlement agreement uh, with I'm assuming Tom Carpenter, city attorney Tom Carpenter, who who put it before the board. And Tuesday night, the board voted to settle. With Matt Campbell on the issue for eighty six hundred dollars, so they offered
2: Campbell eighty six hundred dollars, and and he said okay. Right, they eight thousand
0: six hundred oh, dollars of your money, by the way. Yeah, it's not in uh, the the thing about the settlement, though. While I was sitting at the meeting, is there was no discussion on on whether to do this or not. It was just it was just, resolution was read three times and they took a vote yay yeah, hey, let's move on so what did they meet behind closed doors and decide to do this i'm gonna bet uh here's what i'm gonna bet and as i was telling you before the show i'm gonna send a of information request to get all the documents and i'm gonna get the settlement i'm gonna get the documents pertaining to the settlement what i would imagine happened happen is probably the city attorney tom carter probably emailed or sent a memo to each board member Here's a settlement offer. This is why we should take it. Okay. All right. The, the problem I have with the board doing that is you just said it's okay that Frank Scott violated the law, that we're going to support him because we're going to pay the settlement so that he does not have to get on the stand.
2: All right. I'm going to stop you right here because I want to talk about something, and that is this. There's groups within the black community. That are saying that the only reason people are hitting them with uh, Frank Scott with FOIA uh, requests is because he's black. Oh yeah, and, and they're 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 just they're, they're asking for him, and uh, it takes too much time, and uh, they're doing it to try to catch him doing something. Wrong well it's not hard to catch the mayor doing something wrong if he doesn't answer the FOIA request. You might not have heard anything about the the previous mayor or previous mayors because when the FOIA requests were submitted, they were dealt with I mean you wouldn't be hearing this about the mayor unless he was he was doing what he's doing, which is not. Giving the information up he's supposed to give up and when you don't do that it throws shade on yourself that's what you're doing you're saying I'm not doing this because maybe there's something I don't want you to see or they, or he knows there's something. <laughs> yeah, one or the other.
0: I don't know. It, uh, I have no idea. That's why we're asking. Sure, and and what I did uh, Tuesday night, and it's really interesting because I do want to talk a lot about that. Uh, what I did Tuesday night is I went ahead and took the opportunity to read the intent of the of the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act to him. Okay, read it again. Because I think it's important. Yeah, it's
2: important. This is for you. The citizen. All right, here we go.
0: It is vital in a democratic society that the public business be performed in an open and public manner, so that the electors shall be advised of the performance of public officials and of the decisions that are reached in public activity in making public policy. Okay, it said elector. That's you. Yes. You who are listening that live here in Little Rock. Toward the end... This chapter is adopted, making it possible for them or their representatives to learn, and here's the key, to report fully the activities of their public officials. That's the intent of the Army Freedom of Information Act. What I reminded them, I said, that is exactly what myself, Matt Campbell, Mitch McCoy, Max Brantley, luke scrabble have used the arkansas freedom of information act to do and that's what we've used it for that intent yet judge marion humphrey senior his son jr senator joyce elliott senator uh, linda chesterfield have have all the In naacp has all labeled each one of us racist for doing it and the only reason that we're doing it is because frank scott is black yeah and you're white yeah
2: that's what that's what they're alluding to. They're saying this is a racist thing.
0: No, it is not. No, it's it's about right and wrong. It's about corruption, case in point. If if they would do their due diligence on due diligence on me and and go look, they're gonna find out that I'm after Lomont County Sheriff. John Staley, a conservative Republican. Loma County Judge Doug Irwin, a conservative Republican. Uh, I'm, I'm hammering this Cabot school board. They're all lily white. Uh, in the past, uh, North white Police Chief Tracy Ralston, when he was instituting policies to make four traffic stops a day, which affects the African-American community, I'm the one that took him on and got it stopped. And so, to to say that I or anyone else is doing this based off r- race is just absurd, and it's it, it and it's just a way for them to say, "Hey, it's okay that he's doing this because he's black."
2: Now, see, I went through this back when I used to work for the Chicago Sun, a a uh, paper that didn't last a long time because the Tribune and Sun Times squashed it. All right. And uh, then I was out of a job. But we were doing a series of articles about Operation Breadbasket. Now, that's going back a few years. All right. This is when Jesse Jackson was just starting to feel his oats. And when we started to do these stories, we started to be called racists within uh, the black community. No. Here is what we were doing. We were following the money. And it was not good what we were finding. And uh, that money should have been staying in the black community. It was not. It was going into certain people's pockets. Now, why would you call people a racist that really were uh, doing a good good deed, as far as I was concerned, for the black community, unless somehow you were attached to it?
0: Yeah, it's just great. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of just what you're talking about, okay? Here you have, let's take Max Brantley, for example. Okay. Editor of the Arkansas Times. Max has done more to take up for the NAACP. He's written countless articles in support of Senator Joyce Elliott. Countless articles in support of Senator uh, Chesterfield has backed Marion Humphrey Sr. for I don't know how long has sided with just about every liberal African-American policy you can think of, and because he took issue with the mayor's corruption, all of a sudden, the man that they've all championed for taking up for him is now racist. Mm -hmm. How do you put that square peg in a round hole? Yeah, and
2: that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. got to have a pretty big hammer to try to do that. And and when uh, the the um Pulaski County prosecutor Jegley writes a letter and says hey look I've been a- look people have been asking the mayor to get done with these uh these uh, uh FOIA requests and uh, he sends a letter to to Carpenter the city attorney and says this is ridiculous it's got to stop then the NAACP shows up on city hall steps Saying that Jiggly is uh, racist. Well, yep. I, here's what I'm going to say: calling people racist because they're doing the right thing means that saying the word racist, that dog just don't hunt the way it used to.
0: No, they actually have watered down the word racist, right? In in a sense that they they use it so much that it just actually is an insult to real racism if and i'm it, making sense. You
2: know what well yeah and the other thing that it does that to come to to somebody's defense that you know
0: has not been following the law makes you look bad. Well, if your sole basis of defending the person who's not following the law is because of their skin color then you have no credibility with me. Well,
2: I'm going to tell you uh dr king would be flipping in his grave right now sure. if that was the case sure it definitely would be all right 18 minutes uh, after nine it's the dave ellswick show glad to have you along for the ride uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this particular thing some more uh this is above as far as i'm concerned i look i've i've done business with joyce elliott on my show many a time when she's had uh, what i thought were decent pieces of legislation uh but this is below her. I'm just saying this really is below her, uh, and and she should not continue on with it. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I need to remind everybody about Pat Davis, what he's doing with uh, your health plan man uh, plans, health plans. I mean, this is a, a, a system where they custom build your health plan for you. So if you're a single guy. You don't have to pay for maternity care. I don't think you're going to be uh, pregnant anytime soon. You make Even if you're woke, you're not going to be pregnant anytime soon if you're a man. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't be paying for it. And they want to save you that kind of money. They want to save you money on co-pays where you don't have to pay co-pays anymore. They want to cut back on uh, the deductibles that you're paying for. They want to make sure that you get paid for going to the doctor instead of the other way around where the you got paid $25, $50, $75 to see the doctor. And uh, all of this is available all the time. And they want to get rid of the middleman. So the money comes to you and doesn't go to the middleman where you're getting ripped off. So give the health plan, health plan man team a chance to see how they can help you. They may be able to help you uh, save 30%, 50% on your health insurance like they have on other people. You just need to talk to them. How to stop getting ripped off by the health care system. That's their big deal with your health plan man. Call or text them now, 501-605-6935. Again, that's a local number. 501-605-6935, Five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five, or just visit them online, yourhealthplanman.com. Do get the app for your smartphone, uh, because you'll always have a clean, clean signal, no matter where you're at. Whether you're here, whether you're up in Fayetteville, whether you're up in, you know, you know, I can't say that on here. Uh, to come carry, all right? You'll be able to hear uh, the show as though you were sitting right outside my, my studio with a radio. All right? Just know that. And uh, I'd, I'd like to have you be with me all the time. You who have a smartphone, just go to your, your Play Store and download the app. Just look for 101.1 FM, The Answer, and we got an app. Put it on your phone. You can listen to anything that's going on here on the station at any uh, time. And, you know, when the weather changes and you need good weather uh, information, you'll be glad that you you got that as well. All right. Uh, Jimmy's here. Uh, Kevin is with me here in the studio, and uh, you wanted to pick up with what I was talking about.
0: Yeah, I do. I think he said something that's really true about Senator Joyce Elliott. Now, while there's not a lot I agreed with her on, right, but I've always considered her to almost be elegant, mm-hmm. okay, and in the way she carries
2: herself. And the way she makes her arguments. Sure. She uses logic. I love listening to her use logic. But when you you hear her and Chesterfield and all the rest of them start saying, well, they're just going after – all these guys are white, and they're going after Frank just because he's black, you – surely, I'm going to just say surely, they understand that's not the case.
0: Well, they understand it's not the case, but they don't care. They're going to keep saying it. It's it's the theory of this (laughs) – Okay, it and it's been around since the beginning of time. If you say something long enough to people, people start believing it's the truth. If I tell you, if I tell you uh, night is day, and I and I don't stop saying it and I keep saying it over and over and over, I can promise you there are going to be some people that go, well, you know what, night is day, mm-hmm. and that's the theory they use. the The other theory they use. Is they try to be very vocal, and it's what I call the coyote tactic. And I talked about it uh, in a write-up I did on the uh, protesters at Conway. Different subject on the transgender, but it's the coyote tactic. I'm old farm boy. I was raised down in Lowell County on a farm, eight miles down a dirt road. And what 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 farm people, country people tell you is <clears throat> three coyotes sound like thirty. And so to be loud, so what you do is you find a small group, and they, they get very vocal, and it's a tactic that the, the left has used for a long time, and it's effective. And so you get that small group to be very vocal, and that those three sound like 30, and the next thing you do is you get people to go along with you because they're scared of 30 coyotes when there's really only three. right. And, I understand
2: what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And so what what, I, what what I'm disappointed in is Joyce Elliott has fell into that coyote tactic. She's never had to do that before.
2: Shouldn't have to do it.
0: No. You expect it from Senator if Chesterfield.
2: If you've got proof that I'm a racist, then bring it on. Sure. Because it, you're not going to find it.
0: And I told you this. And I've already reached out to Judge Humphrey, Marion Humphrey Sr., who hasn't responded. <laughs> Today I'm going to reach out to Senator Chesterfield and I'm going to ask her the same way I did Judge Humphrey. And I'll ask Senator Elliott, you know, come on with me Facebook Live. I want I want you to present your perspective as to why me using the Arkansas Freedom Information Act to get information about corruption, why is it racist? Lay, you just said the word evidence. I want to give you the opportunity to lay your evidence out. Mm-hmm. Don't just lay it out about me. Laid out about Max Brantley. Laid out about uh, Mitch McCoy. Okay, you 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 say it, but you're not giving anything to back it up. The only the only your only evidence. And that's you say why it, they
2: say it because they do not do they're, they're not required to say anything to no, back it up.
0: No, they're, what they're saying is their only evidence that that Mitch McCoy is racist, that Max Brantley is racist that matt campbell is racist that you're racist that i'm racist is because frank scott is black that's their only evidence if uh you know i i which is absurd so i really want to hear it i don't mind them saying it i would just like to hear them back it up if that's their belief that's fine they have every right to to do it i just want to hear your reasoning behind it but isn't it funny they can't do that
2: because they don't have it.
0: No. No. That's exactly right. I will say this, and you and I have talked about it, and, and, and I've said it. I'm going to continue saying say it, and I'm going to do write-ups on it. If Frank Scott, if his opponent would have been a black liberal Democrat, Frank Scott wouldn't have got 20% of the vote. Frank Scott would have got hammered in this election had his opponent been a black liberal Democrat.
2: All right. Hold your thoughts. We'll pick it up when we come back. Got to get a break in for some news. Let's do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. It's uh, 25 minutes till 10. Good to have you here. Jimmy's here. And uh, with Jimmy, we, we always have things to talk about. There's always things <laughs> that are going on. So uh, what happened, Blue Hawk folks decided they'd settle. And then they didn't press it any further. And if you don't press it any further, there's really no case, so the judge just dismisses.
0: Well, the, the Matt, Matt actually petitioned the court. He he filed a dismissal. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. He filed a dismissal, so it wasn't the court going, "Hey, you know, our guy's not here." It's the fact that Matt actually filed with the court to dismiss the so case. So I gotta,
2: I gotta ask. I'm gonna talk a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Did he dismiss because? he knew he was going to get a little bit of money, or did he dismiss because the left was getting their panties all in a wad, and, you know, he supports the left cause, but believe me when I say this with the left, it, it, even with the right at times, doesn't matter what you've done, they will eat their young and their old if you go against them.
0: yeah, that's that's. There's no doubt about that. The question is, and and it's a it's a fair one. Is okay? It was Matt feeling the pressure.
2: Yeah, I I wonder if he wasn't getting some okay. pressure off of this because he's. I don't been, know if he was or not. Maybe I should call him and see if he wants to come on. sometime. I,
0: that's what I was gonna say. I think, and, and I bet Matt would. It'd be good to have Matt on, and I'd like to be here when he's on and. The The thing is, is they're fair questions. And Matt asks a lot of questions, so it's fair questions to him, right? Just like there's questions to me that are fair because of what I do. And he has been attacked hard like I have, like Max Brantley has, like Mitch McCoy has. And I don't know that some people are used to that. And Matt is clearly a left-wing progressive. There's no question about it.
2: Well, he and, admits it.
0: Right. And so is it... Feeling the heat? Did he have other pressing issues? Did because uh, because Frank lost? Did Matt say, "Hey, Frank won"? Or because Frank won, did Matt say, "Hey, Frank won, so that fight's over, and I'm just going to cash out"?
2: Or, or did on. he think he said the people don't care?
0: Right, and I I I can tell you this, and when I say this, it's no offense against Matt Campbell. I would not have said I would not have cashed out. I would not have cashed out. I would have carried on with that. Well, there's a principle here, right? Because that's what I do, and that's what you do. And I'm not I'm not demeaning mad at all. Okay, but no, I wouldn't. Uh, I would not have stopped. I'd have had Frank Scott on the stand, I, and I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have cashed out, and it have settled. And say, no, that's not. That's not why I filed this lawsuit.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's about right and wrong. Now, to your point, though. Yeah, wouldn't it be good to get Matt on there? And
2: yeah, we'll see if I can't get that done. Yeah. I'll, uh I'll get his, I'll get his number, and I'll text him.
0: Yeah, you know, and, uh,
2: I pay, I normally don't call, I usually text or I uh, I email, because you know I don't want to get into a long conversation. I just say, hey, I'd like to well, have you want you the on conversation to you know, be on radio? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, come on and come on, and make it to uh, you know, can you be here on Thursday at n- nine o'clock? You know.
0: What's, and we talk about did Matt feel pressure okay what did the board feel that's a good question as well because there was zero discussion at the meeting about the settlement it was just put form and a vote
2: Okay, so, no so they they okayed that. Now, there's something that has not happened that I keep asking about, and you tell me that you've heard that they want to do something about it, but then they don't do anything about it, and that's this security uh, squad that, uh, that the mayor has.
0: Yes, and I've said it for a long time because it's just a fact. And how much
2: money have they spent, do you think, by the end of this year?
0: Well, I, I and I'm going to get the more numbers. The, the numbers I got... To formulate the report, I did for, were from back th- uh, through May. Okay, I'm going to get the numbers. Uh, I've got a whole lot I'm going to work on. Uh, I'm going to get those numbers going forward. So I can tell you what was spent this year. I'm going to I'm going to tell you that by the time uh, uh, 2022 is over, I'm going to say it's going to be. I'm going to be give you an educated guess and say it's going to be over seven hundred thousand.
2: Does it bother you that $700,000 of your tax-paying money is being laid out for security when no other mayor in the history of this state, uh, the history of uh, Little Rock, has ever had a security team?
0: I'm going to to get the information. Utilize an Arkansas Freedom Information Act, which they're going to claim is for a racist reason. But I'm going to use it to once again get the information uh, as of a couple of months ago. Uh, yeah, we, that's one of the things that
2: kicked off your appearing on my show.
0: Sure. Well, that's one of the things that kicked off the whole thing. And I'm not bragging on me. on Frank Scott is when we got into the security detail numbers and the credit cards. And I'm going to say Senator Chesterfield at Tuesday night's meeting just flat out lied when she made her comments when she said there's been more threats made against this mayor than any other mayor, you know, and that's just not true. Now, I'm going to recheck, but as of a couple of months ago, since Frank Scott became mayor, there have been no, zero reports of threat against the mayor. None. And for her to stay, stand up and say that, I guess it's just fun to sit up sit up there and make stuff up and say it as fact, right? Once not. And so I'm going to go ahead again. I'm going to ask the city, you know, hey, give me every reported threat against the mayor. And as of 2 months ago, there were none. And for her to stand up and say that, I, it, it amazes me how a state senator will just stand up before a body and just absolutely state something that's that,
2: categorically false. Yes, and, and you haven't you been fact. around politics long enough. Yeah.
0: And tell you, it's I'm fact. just telling you. Well, it's still, it's still, you know, and uh, it's just dumbfounding. And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to present the facts. If the, if the facts had ever showed that there were a great number of threats against Frank Scott, I would have reported every one of them. I would have gave you those documents. I would have come on this radio show and read them. Okay? The fact is, there's not. There's not. Mm-hmm. Now, now contrast that with... We talk, we, we talk about it all the time. The number of murders in Little Rock and violent Crime. And Frank Scott... His go-to word, and I'm just sick of hearing it because it's not true, every time he talks about it, he said, every homicide I get a call in, every homicide pierces my heart. He says that every time. In
2: Well, no, you should have bled out by now.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Why do you keep saying it? If
2: it did, he'd be doing things about he it. He would
0: be doing something about it. Instead of being chauffeured around by a private security firm, because... You know, he's, he, does he have that great a concern for his safety in Little Rock, like you and I do, or like, or like, uh, like ladies do, or children do?
2: Yeah.
0: No, it doesn't, because he's surrounded. Yeah. By security, and so he doesn't understand the level of concern people have. The, there, are, there are people that drove to work this morning, going down six thirty, and they're kind of looking around. You know, and the reason they're looking around, they can't they can't really enjoy the radio show that morning or anything because they have to do, do their situational awareness because you never know when gunfire's going to break
2: out. Yeah, it's the way it has been. It, yeah. it, it, and that's, that's not a white or black thing. That's no. a bullet thing.
0: That's it. Bullets aren't racist, are they?
2: No, they sure not. It, as far as I'm concerned, they're not. Sir, it's, uh, they, they can strike you. They'll, they'll kill you whether you're, you're uh, Asian, you're uh, African-American, you're uh, Hispanic, uh, you're white, whatever. It'll kill you. Yeah. And or I, damage you at
0: least. And I'm going to reach out because I want to know why the board members felt they needed to vote for this settlement. They didn't give an explanation Tuesday night. They had no discussion. They had nobody popped up and said, look, I'm going to vote for this because of this. Do you think that it was
2: passed through camp, or, uh, through uh, uh, the uh, attorney first? Did he get this letter first from Matt Campbell? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, and I'm going to get all the documents. But, but I'm sure uh, the the settlement was negotiated with the city between Matt and the city attorney. That's just the way it works. Now, I don't have that document. I'll have it. Okay. But the reality is, is and and when you talk about Tom Carpenter, the city attorney, keep in mind his personal feeling of whether. It's right to settle or wrong to settle doesn't enter into it because of he's the attorney and he has a client. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's putting before them uh, a reasoning probably that we're going to find out that would be to, hey, it's cheaper to do this or or this. But at some point, see, that's his job to put it to them that way. But it's their job. It's their job to take into account what's right and the best for the citizens of Little Rock. And settling, because it might save a little money, doesn't necessarily equate to being the right thing to do for Little Rock.
2: All right. Now, the other question, and then i got to get a break here. This money for this festival, mm-hmm. have we been told where that money went to? No.
0: No, I, it's still a needle in a haystack. So how
2: much money we're talking? To? Well over thirty grand, aren't we?
0: Well, yes, yeah, so like, yes. Yeah, so I think we're going to get into hundreds, of, hundreds of thousands of dollars when it's all said and done. But that's where that's where somebody's got to pick up the baton. And I'm, I'm raising you. my hand.
2: <laughs> and then last question for you: There was a gentleman that they had put in charge of uh, FOIA requests. And he was there for about a week. He left, didn't he?
0: Well, he's not gone yet. And you're talking about Alex Benton, who's the chief deputy uh, chief uh, deputy city attorney. And he announced back in September that he was going to be leaving in January. Now, why Alex is leaving, I, I, pers- my personal opinion, I think he's going, I'm out. I've had enough of this. And he didn't ask. He didn't ask to get put over that uh the foi deal under mm-hmm. Tom. Not under tom but he was heading it up matter of fact i think he found out about it that night that it was it was decided but it, i'd love to know what all is there with alex on this on why but i think i think personally he's like i'm i'm out of this before i get wrapped up in it
2: all right we'll come back we'll finish it up for a thursday here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Billy Mack is the owner of ICU Protection. You want your home protected? You want security at your home or at your business? He's the man to talk to. He can take care of all the windows, all the doors. He's got cameras. He's got doorbell cameras. He's got all of that. Uh, he's got it set up so that all of the video is loaded up into the cloud so that, uh, you know, they're not going to tear your home apart or your business apart or Wanting to see the hard disk, because there isn't one. It's on the cloud. They can't get to the cloud. So you're going. If you're on on the you know the video, you know you're on the video. (laughs) We're going to be able to get it and be able to show it to the police or whatever. Uh, he's the guy to talk to. They they take care of Nuke One. If they take care of Nuke One, they can take care of your house. They can take care of your business. So call him and let him work this out with you. Uh, you're going to uh, not have to write a check at the very beginning, a big check, sometimes six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800 for all the cameras and all of the uh, sensors that are put into your home. All of that uh, will be taken care of. You'll not owe a penny on that. That comes to you, and it is yours absolutely free. All you have to do is pay for the service, and the service charges are right there in line with everybody else's. So you need do yourself a favor, just like I did. Uh, I talked to Bear, uh, Billy, and Billy uh, said, This is what it's going to be, Dave. And I said, That's good enough for me. That's ICU protection. Five hundred one, two Well, I just told Jimmy we had eight minutes. We really got six minutes. Okay. All right, just so you know, <laughs> yeah, we got outro music and all kinds of other stuff i forgot about (laughs) but anyway jimmy's here and uh, is with me every thursday he won't be here next thursday he'll be like me sitting in front of a table stuffing his face
0: yeah that's right that's (laughs) That's what
2: we'll be doing on on thanksgiving but uh we'd be we'll be back with jimmy the following uh thursday and we're we're good look this is news that's about your community and about what's happening in your community and uh, you know my show has been about that ever since i i stepped foot in arkansas so uh here we are talking about what's going on a lot of people say to me sometimes well it's minor stuff it's all those minor things add up to major things yes sir that's what i found uh, during the time, you know it 's not like when I was in Chicago in Chicago. those minor things were our major things mm-hmm. all right but they, they were minor things there there the- The amount of money and and corruption there was incredible i 'll just tell you that now, but uh you know. Corruption is corruption. you got to stop it. If you don't stop it, what is a minor kind of a minor thing will start off being a much bigger minor thing until it's a big thing.
0: Yeah, That's exactly right. And if you look at Frank Scott's uh, pattern since he became mayor, he started what you just said with the little minor bites, okay? Little minor corruption, okay? And that's just a fact. But if you watch him over the four years – it just grows and grows and grows and grows. Now he feels like he has a license
2: to do to what do he this. does, to not to not have to pay attention to FOIA requests.
0: He can and until somebody puts a stop to it. Right, and that's he'll keep doing it. And that's the thing that w- what you're going to find out over these next four years is it's only going to grow even further with him unless the little rock city board curtails it they could at any time they could absolutely put a stop to his security detail oh yeah cuz they control the purse strings they could say look we we we're, we're not going to fund you there, pay for it right they could say hey we we put money in the lrpd budget but guess what we're going to we're going to make a we're going to make a resolution that none of the money we put in their budget can go to fund his security detail. Here's something else they can do. He Frank Scott has worked the system that anything under fifty thousand dollars he doesn't have to have board approval for it to spend. Right? Okay. Here's what the board can do. They can cut that number. They could literally say, you know what? Anything over five thousand, mm-hmm. you got to bring to us. And that's what I told them uh, and Tuesday that, night. That,
2: that way ms pack doesn't have to sit in front of uh, the mayor and literally almost beg to see a contract
0: that's right that's right and uh what what i asked the board to do last tuesday night is protect the people's money from mayor scott's and i said it criminal enterprise okay you, you know, they are the protector. They they control the purse strings, so they can protect the money, the people's money, from Frank Scott. The Question yeah. is, will they do it?
2: Now, that's always always the question, Jimmy. It is yeah. always uh, the question. And be watching. There's other people watching this, and doesn't matter, black, white, you know, Asian, Hispanic, if they've got uh, if they're elected to a position. And they uh, think that uh, this man can get away with not answering FOIA requests, then they can get away with it. That's right. And I want to say
0: something real quick. No, one minute. No no offense against Matt Campbell, but there's a guy named Joey McCutcheon up in Fort Smith, his partner Chip Sexton, and Stephen Naparano. Okay. And they have a law firm in Fort Smith, and they make money off, off the different aspects. But when they go into Freedom of Information, act stuff it's more of a passion for right and wrong so i can tell you this if those three get involved they're not going to settle they don't care about a check they want an answer they want an answer and they want right and wrong and so uh, hang tight because you just may see these three guys enter this fight full steam ahead
2: all right i'll be watching when they get the uh, uh, general uh, assembly together and see if they make some moves about this stuff to stop it. All right. That's all the time we've got for you today. I've got to get out of here, get ready for you tomorrow. Uh, Jimmy's got to get out. He's got a life that he's got to carry on as well. I will get a hold of Matt Campbell. We'll see if we can't get him on at the beginning of the year, the new year, because uh, getting him on during holidays and all that, I I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that everybody hears what he has to say. Okay. Let's take our break. I'll see you tomorrow. Heidi will be here with me. We'll be ready to do another three hours for you on one oh one one FM, The Answer.